This is it right here. Combining a team of reporters, columnists, and commentators. Don't you ever talk about me! Are you serious? Jack Ebling has brought thought-provoking discussion. What are you doing? That's a damn coaching mistake. Opinion. The customer is the one who decides when the future gets here. Oh, no! The ship is on fire! You have to check the report. Are you kidding me? That game was fixed. And overall infotainment. I'll take Jim Harbaugh. What is he done? Crazy cooter coming at you. <laughs> Quiet, please. In exactly 15 seconds, we'll be on the air. Thanks, big fella. Don't you ever come back here again. No arguments. Those are called ass tunes. So buckle up. You talking to me? Whoa! It's time for The Drive with Jack Ebling. Yeah, for some reason or another... You sound a little taller on radio. Afternoon, mid-Michigan and beyond, and welcome to The Drive with Jack, the Spotlight Radio Network. Jack Ebling here with my producer, Boston Rob. Rob, normally I start by saying great afternoon, but I'm not sure exactly how great this is. This is the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. 2,996 U.S. lives lost. We have more climate events, tropical storms and fires uh, heading our way. I think that's pretty clear that uh, we are not done with this yet. Locally, uh, a lot of people's worlds were shaken over the weekend with the news of Mel Tucker and uh, the allegations made against him. He has been suspended without pay. Uh, waiting for a hearing, and I would say chances are very good that he has coached his last game at Michigan State. But we're going to have lots to talk about, and couldn't think of anyone better to do that with than our first guest this week, Lynn Henning, a longtime sports writer, going back to his days even here at the Lansing State Journal, and then, of course, a distinguished career in Detroit, magazine business, you name it. He has written about it, and he has seen it. Lynn, you've seen just about everything that's happened at Michigan State in the last 60 years. Some incredible highs and uh, the lowest of lows, as you've you've written in your books, uh, historical works on Michigan State. Why does it keep happening here, talking about these negative events, and why does Michigan State have so many peaks and valleys? Oh, that's the question, Jack, because uh, just when you think that you're imagining that it's just your school, yeah. uh, you find out yeah. it's not. Uh, yeah. No, Michigan State is very unique in the national landscape and uh, not in this context uh, in a good way. And uh, I've asked that question for decades, as, as you have. Uh, why is there... Pro, this proclivity toward having these kinds of moments and interludes, and, and particularly when they can come so spontaneously yeah. as, as this one did. And uh, just to the point you figured things were settling down, um, yeah. I really thought the Mel Tucker hire was very, very good. I thought the contract extension was very smart. Uh, I, I did. I, I went along with that for reasons that I can explain later. But uh, right. right at this stage, you're 2-0. You look like this bridge season, which I submit would have been a bridge season, 
yeah. from the past couple of tough years, past year uh, to better seasons, what was in place. Now, to me, uh, a really good season this year would have been six and six and a bowl ticket. And I think you know, after two and zero and looking pretty good and with some personnel there, that was achievable. And then you wake up Sunday morning and find out that uh, again, the Earth's axis has been separated from Michigan State, and uh, the Spartans are reeling again. And it's just too much to even begin to script. Uh, it's it's implausible. It's half impossible. And yet it continues to happen. And so now here we are again. Um, I, I think it was, of course, a monumentally reckless thing for Mel Tucker to have done. I think the fact he's probably going to lose $80 million and his reputation on this is a pretty severe price to pay. Yeah. And, and yet yeah. Uh, he has invited this. The most uh, expensive phone sex ever uh, anyone's yeah, ever had. It just, so. I mean, it just leaves you completely, completely overwhelmed that this could have happened. And um, yet it has. So now Michigan State has no choice. This is going to play out legally. He'll be gone. Yeah. They'll be getting a new football coach. And that's, of course, the next question. And I guess uh, at a point where Michigan State again feels it's like it's sifting through the rubble, you need to look at the bigger picture. And Michigan State's going to be just fine. They really are. Uh, they're going to come out of this if they do it right yeah. with a very good next football coach. Yeah. The roster is not bombed out. Uh, the recruiting classes, if they can be held intact, right. uh, are going to be okay. Um, their transfer portal options should be strong, but they're going to have to use their head on the next hire, and that's always the big if. Right. And... Uh, so, it, it, to me, it, you can look forward to the fact that the sky will brighten, and by next football season, I think things will be in pretty good shape. I really do. But they're going to have to get there with a smart hire, not one yeah. that uh, is, again— well, We've seen I, both it, kinds it, of those. We have, and they're always uh, disposed, again, toward the sentimental and the political up there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and and that is the the poison that generally has been responsible for so many of the bad moments before. So I uh, I, I, I ask that question um, more than I even ask how did Tucker get himself involved in this. Right. Uh, I ask what are you going to do now, Michigan State, to quit feeling sorry for yourself and now to make a good, yeah. robust, smart, visionary hire. And, and, and see that this football program, which is not at all rock bottom, uh, mm-hmm. can continue to grow and be sustained. And that's as achievable as hiring a smart guy this time around. So it, it, it's just a little too much to process right now. Yeah. Um, and, again, the, the utter spontaneity of this thing, just leaves you, as it has in the past at Michigan State over decades and generations, just blindsided. Just blindsided. Yeah. Uh, I don't care if it was Joe Rogers and Joe Kearney going to Michigan or to Arizona State. I don't care right. if it was Bobby Williams after Nick Saban or Nick Saban departing right when he put things together up there. I don't care 
that was hiring George Perlis four years after you should have hired him. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on about this, as you can, but they can't afford to make another boneheaded move. They can't put cards into a computer and get a spit out of John L. Smith. They're going to have to be smart about this because so many really good, excellent football coaches are going to want to coach there. Yeah, and a lot of people uh, kind of brush back against that, Lynn, but I do think that this is an appealing job. There are a lot of things here. Uh, maybe it didn't appeal to Luke Fickle, but it, it appeals to a lot of coaches. Uh, you might be surprised under certain circumstances how many people yeah. would want to coach at Michigan State. You know that. But yeah. before I, I talk about who the choice is going to be, I like to find out who's making the decision. And we yeah. have seen, as you say, the political aspect of this so many times. Different power brokers or perceived power brokers have a horse in this thing. Yeah. And th- when they picked Mark D'Antonio, the beauty of it, Lynn, was that even the people who think that they run Michigan State didn't know much about the search. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you know a couple people I'm talking about. And they right. were, you know, they were dumbstruck that they couldn't find out anything. And right. then, you know, they came out with Mark D'Antonio. How'd that work out? So, uh, you they, know. they have a same opportunity to, to be really smart here. They also have the same opportunity to be completely suicidal yeah. Yeah. with this yeah. pick. And um, I, I don't know which way I'm going to bet for the reasons that you just cite. I don't know who the decision makers are going to be. Um, they're, they're, they can't fall in love with uh, the old alum. They can't fall in love with the interim coach they they're going to have to be smart about i've just written about this by the way today and it'll be posting in a few hours or a couple hours or whenever but um i i wrote everything i suppose i've been talking about here and then some uh in in this column and it gets down to again they can't afford to let history be repeated learn from your history yeah but 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 also keep in mind how exceptionally you are in Michigan State, and they're going to say, what are you talking about? Our self-esteem is through the clouds. No, it's not. Not on hiring matters. I've seen this happen time and time again. You underestimate who you are in Michigan State. You don't see it. It gets so communal up there, and it really does. And it's one of the great ironies to the university is, is just how tightly circled and how insular things can be. And that's how the mistakes get made that do such damage to a university with so many resources. And um, so I I, I really fear what they're going to do here because uh, we've seen this play out so many times. But if they use their head, if they use it the way they did, for instance, with the D'Antonio search, where you went national, you went smart, yeah. you, you, you used good criteria, uh, you, you thought about everything. You thought about everything when they hired D'Antonio. And they made one of the generational hires. And it's going to require the same thing here. And, and it's within their capacity if the right people, again, as you say, are going to make the decision here, and and who knows how this is going to be parceled out. Uh, I suppose Alan Haller hasn't done himself any favor 
and getting autonomy here because right. he's the AD as this is happening. Uh, he, he, you know, the the blast radius is, is really pretty heavy on this. Yes. And uh, I, I just, again, Jack, I, I, I can't help but uh, think that th- this is so within their ability to make a very good visionary hire and put this thing on rock-solid ground again, and they can quickly, but they're yeah. going to have to use their head in these coming 90 days in hiring a new football coach. Lynn, uh, I don't want trustees uh, involved in this, although we know what the what the rules are here, and they have the, the final say. Uh, I don't want big boosters making this no. decision. I want football people, athletic people, people who understand the uniqueness of Michigan State, yeah, and uh, you know, a lot of times, as you say, that that has not been the case. But uh, there are plenty of coaches who can win here. Oh, oh, oh! It's it's, it's such a gold mine. And and again, um, Mel had it going. Uh, I, I I thought that contract extension, and I was in a minority, was brilliant. Frankly, two years ago, because I knew if they hadn't offered him that contract, he was going to be at LSU today. And everybody would be saying again, how about it? Baton Rouge poached another one of our really good football coaches, and they're prospering, and look what we've got. And that's what would have happened. What wasn't part of the equation is that misconduct uh, on a pretty ugly level uh, was going to uh, truncate uh, this 10-year deal. And uh, so here we are again. Now, in some respects, I suppose you could say, hey, at least this takes $80 million off the books it's owed. Uh, you start fresh. You don't have to give away heaven and earth here on a new deal. Uh, that's yeah. ostensibly correct. But yeah. I think also it's incumbent then again on them going uh, with the right bright light here on the shorter term deal and there again we're running into the whole if here i I just don't i don't trust michigan state yeah and when you talk about the 80 million i've heard people say well you know it means they don't have to pay him 80 million dollars well there's going to be litigation here uh yeah you can bet he's going to claim the wrongful dismissal and he's entitled to the whole thing and who knows what kind of settlement there's going to be, but there's going to be money involved in this. And then you're going to have to pony up for the right kind of coach unless you've got somebody that nobody else knows about, which I yeah. highly doubt. So it's not like you're going to be able to sock $80 million uh, away into your athletic coffers. No, and, and I really wouldn't worry about that a whole lot anyway, frankly, because uh, there's enough money out there to cover whatever the bill is here and, and then some. There just is. It was proved when the contract extension was offered two years ago. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but uh, I would think, uh, given uh, the the basis for cause here in any dismissal, uh, good luck, Mellon, trying to win uh, 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 anything overly heavy out of that remaining 80. But again, I'll leave the attorneys decide that. But I think this one is, is pretty clear. Uh, so... I'd take money out of the picture on this, but what 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 counts 
the money will take care of itself. What counts is good judgment. And that's what they're going to have to practice up here, and that's sometimes been in short supply. What kind of coach would be best for Michigan State in 2023? I don't mean uh, passing coach, defensive coach. I'm talking about uh, recruiter. Yeah, what you're looking for. You, you want somebody that can recruit, and that's my first criterion. Uh, if you can recruit, guess what? You're going to be a pretty good coach. You can also, though, marry that recruiting ability to coaches who schematically and uh, organizationally are respected. And all it takes is just doing the kind of vetting and uh, the, the kind of homework that Michigan State will do inevitably on this. Uh, but are you going to listen to those people? Uh, or, are, again, are you going to be motivated too much by internal politics? And I don't want to see any, well, he's an old Spartan, and he, or, right. or, or we're a little nervous about him because of this or that, or you know, he's a little aggressive and we want somebody that's going to be compliant. Um, you know, don't get into that game or you're going to be back here again in four years with, with this same routine that we're all tired of. Uh, but they nationally, and again, I, I haven't really had any conversations yet, I always enjoy these times in the sense that it doesn't take a lot of phone reporting to come up with really good people who would be good for Michigan State. They're in abundance. But it's always somewhat mystifying that Michigan State sometimes doesn't seem to be able to find these people uh, unless they go to the proper outside recruiting group. And they did in the instance of D'Antonio. I knew they were going to end up with a fabulous coach on that hire because they deferred. And Mark Hollis wasn't going to make a mistake. He was in conference with the people who were best in touch with the kind of football coach they should hire. That was a rare exception to the rule because egos got out of the way and making the right decision really was primary. But uh, this thing is just a mess. And again, there's no president right now. Um, the board, half the board knew, half the board did That's didn't. very important. That's, uh, I can't tell you how much impact that had on Luke Fickle's decision not to come here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, 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 and it's, it's not, you know, it, it's, it's really not advantageous right now. But um, right, right. Th- th- this game, this job is still viewed as, as, as such a such a plum that uh, it, it's going to end up attracting excellent excellent coaches if Michigan State again will practice some discretion here. Right. Pat Narduzzi certainly knows the area. He's had some success at Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, but no Spartans will end up playing him. He's he's not uh, someone you would no. have on the list. No, you see, it, you want age, Jack to be one of, again, the criteria for this thing. Yeah. Um, and you, you want someone who you can expect to be here for 15 to 20 years. Okay. And, and if you don't have a person who's going to be here for that kind of length of time initially, um, what you're doing is painting yourself into a corner where this is going to become an issue again in, in two few years. And, um, 
for that reason, no. You, you want this person to be really young and good. And by young, I mean preferably uh, 40s. not past the 40s, yeah. It, it, you hit to that 50 mark, and it, it just starts a downward tick. And don't do that. Um, they don't have to do that. I'd rather go too young than, than you know, than too old. Um, I mean, you, you can't bring on Pat Fitzgerald at this point. No, you can't. <laughs> He'd be, you know, so there are going to be people say, why? No, no, that's not going to. Not here. But, no, no, no. But what you're going to need is, again, the bright light ready to bust out. And they exist if you do the proper job of networking right. and culling and vetting. You come up with an excellent football coach for Michigan State. I just want them to get there, but there's going to be heavy sentiment. Um, they want to keep Barnett, the kids will, and and you know, here we go. But um, if they if they use their collective smarts and resources, they'll come away with a football program that people will be reignited and reexcited about. Yeah. Uh, September 10th and September 11th, 2023, uh, will disappear into the rearview mirror as soon as December. They just have to be, again, sensible about this. Yeah, uh, you talk about the age, and uh, Narduzzi is 57. Another guy yeah. who uh, I heard today who's who's not that old, but he's just out of his 40s, has had tremendous success and highly respected and might be someone who can unify and cleanse is David Shaw, uh, former Stanford coach. Uh, he's 51. Yeah. He checks a lot of boxes, but he wanted to take some time off. You get some coaching burnout from time to time. Uh, look at the guy who I think is maybe the best coach in the country. If you just take recruiting out of it, which you can't do, but you just said just take these guys and win, is Kyle Whittingham it, Utah, and he's 63, so that's too old. Uh, You're looking for somebody who, as you say, you can build a program around, and, you know, you think about the guys who, D'Antonio was there 13 years, Duffy was there 19 years, uh, Izzo's been there 132 years. (laughs) Uh, You know, but I think back, Lynn, uh, about Tom, and and people always say, well, you know, just just get the football equivalent of Izzo. Well, he is a, a good teacher of the game, but he didn't invent the game. He's a very yeah. good recruiter, but he's not the number one snake oil salesman we've seen. He's lost some players. What he does that so many people cannot do, and just some, seems to come natural to him, is to lead and unify. Yeah. And this community and this athletic department, as you know, needs to be unified. Yeah. Uh, it's... Again, uh, an invitation for the hungry, energetic, passionate, bright light to come in, and they are out there. Identify them, but make sure they're going to come in here and hit the ground running on recruiting. Uh, they'll be able to plug in appropriate offenses and defenses and because they're going to hire good staffers themselves. Right. Uh, who also will know how to recruit and also will know how to put together a game plan. Those people are there. I 
really enjoy this part of the business. I haven't gotten, again, involved because of the past 24 hours. Everything's been in a blur. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to have some fun talking to some people I normally talk with uh, each and every time this happens. And they're going to have a list of excellent folks, uh, some of whom we know and some of whom we probably haven't thought about yet. But Michigan State's going to have to avail itself of every resource in making sure they've got the best litter from which to pick. And, uh, again, some egos and some preferences are going to have to be checked at the door. I don't know if that's going to happen, uh, but uh, it's morally an imperative that Michigan State use good judgment here in naming this next guy who's going to have so much influence on this school and on its reputation and on its image. Lynn, thanks so much for joining us. You know, I thought I said uh, last week, I, I got to call Henning because the baseball season's coming to an end. <laughs> I know what you think about the Tigers organization, and I wanted to do that, but uh, this is not the day for that. So uh, yeah. I'll, I'll we'll be messaging you. you again. You got it. Sounds good, Jack. Lynn Henning. Uh, one of the best sports writers we have had in the state of Michigan. Uh, blessed to call him a friend. We will be right back. And we're going to be joined by Bob Trippy, our director of research for this show. And uh, normally, you know, he's got four or five ideas. We try to tell him that, hey, it's a 30-minute segment. You've got 75 minutes of content here. But uh, this time, it's going to be pretty easy because we're just going to be talking about Michigan State football and on and off the field. We'll be right back on The Drive with Jack. To everyone who believes family is what mealtime is all about, let our guest Emmy share what she loves about Culver's. From the moment my family walked in, we knew Culver's was the place for us. There's just something nice about a cooked-to-order butter burger and creamy, fresh-frozen custard that tastes like it was made just for you. But time with family? Now that's what's really special. Stop in and experience what mealtime means at Culver's. From From Wisconsin Wisconsin with with love, love, welcome to Delicious. Hey, Spartan fans, when you want the largest and best selection of Spartan gear, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping destination. Come get your officially licensed gear. Nike, Champion, Columbia, Yeti, New Era hats, tailgating gear, and more. MSU students, faculty, and military receive 10% off in-store every day. And you can earn cash back with their Hall Pass rewards. Alumni Hall, located in Eastwood Town Center near the Apple Store. Or shop anytime at alumnihall.com. For the ultimate Spartan shopping experience, it's Alumni Hall. Time for a career change? Looking to make a difference? Dean Transportation is looking for compassionate people to join our dedicated team of school bus professionals. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased starting pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling with weekday hours, and more, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now and train all summer. Head to deanjobs.com. So, it's been a while since you've had your jewelry cleaned and inspected, right? Where will you go and who will you trust with your most valuable and treasured heirlooms? At Meadowar Jewelers, four locations in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage, jewelry isn't just our job, it's our passion. Each and every piece entrusted in our care is thoroughly inspected by our trained staff against damage or normal wear. 
And we offer you, our customer, the highest level of quality on repairs and custom designs. Whether it's worn out prongs, channels, or shanks, it's all handled with incredible care. Metawar Jewelers in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage want to help you preserve your memories and offer you options on creating new ones. Come in today for the cleaning and inspection of your jewelry. We continue to work hard every day to earn your confidence and trust. Jack Epling with my good friend Matt Sloan at Graph of Okemos. Matt, I see that the lots are filling up and showroom is too. Yes, finally. Lots are getting full. We're ready to sell some cars, Jack. And you got some new vehicles. Some news about the Silverado and the Colorado. That's exactly right. We have the all-new, completely redesigned 2024 three-quarter ton Silverado. And then we also have the all-new, completely redesigned Colorado. Both fantastic vehicles. We're really excited. And then on the Nissan side, we've got the all-electric Aria, which is on the ground right now. That thing is absolutely fantastic. I mean, seen technology like that ever before stop and see matt and the gang on west grand river and okamets they're making friends to everyone who craves a rich and creamy hometown treat let our team member nevea tell you how we do it at culver's every scoop of culver's fresh frozen custard is made in small batches throughout the day because where we come from the little things make a big difference like bringing back a seasonal favorite our salted caramel pumpkin concrete mixer and pumpkin spice shake are back for a limited time handcrafted with farm fresh dairy and real pureed pumpkin just for you from From wisconsin Wisconsin with with love. love welcome to delicious Hey, Spartan fans, when you want the largest and best selection of Spartan gear, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping destination. Come get your officially licensed gear. Nike, Champion, Columbia, Yeti, New Era hats, tailgating gear, and more. MSU students, faculty, and military receive 10% off in-store every day. And you can earn cash back with their Hall Pass rewards. Alumni Hall, located in Eastwood Town Center near the Apple Store. Or shop anytime at alumnihall.com. For the ultimate Spartan shopping experience, it's Alumni Hall. Welcome back. It is the Drive with Jack Spotlight Radio Network. Jack Eblin here with my producer, Boston Rob. Uh, want to welcome in Bob Trippy, the day tripper. I uh, want to talk a little bit about what happened over the weekend. And Bob, I was sitting next to you in the press box Saturday. I moved down to learn a little football. And we were sitting there watching the game. Uh, we had talked a little bit about Mel and some maybe things we'd heard, some rumors. Nothing like what we eventually discovered uh, late Saturday night. Did you find out Saturday night or was it Sunday morning when you uh, got the word? <laughs> I found out it was like around 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. I was getting ready to go to church and I had the news on and it was the top story on the news down yeah. here in Detroit. And I'm like, what? You know? Yeah. Because usually that stuff like would probably come out on game day and all that. But yeah. no. Nope. And then, then when I started reading it, I'm like, oh, my God. You know, the, the details that were, that were posted in the story. I'm like, I really need to go to church now. <laughs> right. Right. It, just, it just, you know, we, we've been hearing some rumblings. You know, and and it's all they've been. They've just been rumbling. There's been no fire or anything like that. And then, right. you know, this story 
came out, and I guess this, from what I understand, this story was was going to be held for a while and really wasn't going to come out. But ESPN went and reported, you know, parts of it are you know prior to this being released. So, and I guess that's what sparked them to go ahead with the story. From what I understand, at least that's what I've been told. So, um, you know. Obviously, we were the last ones to know, Jack, you and I, you know. it. Um, yeah, I found uh, out about I, 11.30 Saturday night, and then I can tell you the next four hours uh, while you were dreaming, uh, I was <laughs> calling and talking to everybody I could and trying to piece this thing together, and then, of course, reading the account. Uh, are you a believer that there are two sides to every story? I am, but in this situation, you know, Mel has kind of confirmed what 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 transpired, you know. In, well, he confirmed in the, part of what transpired. Yeah. He confirmed yeah. that there was uh, uh, an incident of phone sex, right. which uh, I, am, I am by no means uh, diminishing the impact of that stupidity or... Uh, minimalizing what happened, uh, I'm, I'm just saying that uh, this was maybe a different kind of offense. Uh, right. This at Michigan State is unforgivable, unpardonable, given the nature of Michigan State right now. Again, correct. Everything that happens in this community is seen Magnified. through the Larry Nasser prism. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you can't escape it. It's it's part of the deal. You're either going to accept that or uh you know you're in the wrong situation and uh you you can't condone that part of it but in terms of the relationship who's doing what to whom in terms of money or you know now everyone's saying well he's out to ruin my career no she's out to ruin my career uh a lot of charges back and forth there's litigation here that's going to come from either side you're going to you're going to get hit as michigan state uh, often does, and, and many times of its own volition, its own stupidity. But, but in this case, you you know that uh, this is going to be on someone's court docket. So, when you think about all of this, um, do you believe that we still need to hear Mel Tucker's side of the story before we slam the book with his head in it uh, on this part of Michigan State football history? Or do you think we know everything we need to know now? And, uh, you know, some people said he should have been fired a long time ago. Uh, that's not the way due process works, and especially uh, Michigan State, where right now they're being so careful to try to cross T's and dot I's. Uh, do you think there's anything Mel Tucker could say that might not save his job, but would maybe save part of his reputation or his career? No, I, I really think that the damage has probably been done in this situation because, you know, he does have that clause like many, many people do yeah. in, in their employment contracts is yeah. that if you end up, you know, causing, um, oh, a, a bad a bad look for that company, yeah. that school, that damage. organization, yeah, yeah. reputational da- damage, which yeah. it has now been done. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yesterday, you know, Jack, it was amazing that yesterday when I went out there to look, 
We're talking major newspapers, Washington Post, L.A. Times. I mean, it was it was just widespread throughout the country that that yeah. story was was out there. So now you you your story has now been spread all over the place, and it, and it doesn't look good from a Michigan State perspective. No, but at the same time, Michigan State, you know. Rules were followed. I mean, there was there was confidentiality that, right. that needed to you know be done here. But the and public doesn't want to hear that, Bob. You're right. right. You're absolutely right. right. But and, that's not what people want. Right. Right. And they have to understand it. They, they they have to put themselves in somebody else's shoes here to understand that you would want this to be a private matter. It wasn't until USA Today and you know the lady ended up you know going public with it, that Michigan State actually found out the details of it. From, from my understanding, both Alan Haller and the, you know, the interim president did not know the details until you know, this article came out. Now, this report this was submitted, okay, the investigation was concluded the end of July, it was finished. That doesn't right. mean that they sat there and got together over coffee and read the thing. Right. They didn't know what all the details were. No, they didn't. And it, it's an ongoing investigation, and by that I mean until October 6th, if that's when the hearing ends, uh, you can't comment. You can't go halfway through a game and walk off the field and say, well, we know who's going to win. Yeah. No, you're, you're absolutely right. That's That's the key thing right there is you can't – you know, you can't get access to that information if you're Alan Haller or the president of the university. I mean, there there are specific rules around Title IX that protect the person that is, you know, leveling the charges. And there's also – it's also there to protect the person that the charges are going against. So, right. um, you know, I, I've had explained it a couple times – the people today said, oh, Michigan State screwed up in this this case. Well, you know what? Their hands were kind of tied in a sense, and now you've yeah. got to let the process go through. I mean, everybody's entitled, you know, to let, you know, to go through the process if they're accused of something. And right. I think that's what that's what we're going to see now. Um, do I do I think that he'll coach again at Michigan State? No, I, I really do not because I think that, that ship has sailed. And, uh you know, I feel bad for the players. You got you got to think of the players in this too. You know, it's it's not just oh, definitely. You right, know, right. The, think about what the players have gone through in the yeah. in the less than a year. They've they've had the tunnel incident last October in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Then in February they had the shooting on campus, and now you right. got this. It's like I mean. Right. You can't even imagine what's going through their mind. Like it's really? amazing. We were just talking with Lynn Henning about why here, why so often. I mean, it isn't just athletic things. You talk about the shooting in Berkey Hall and the union. I mean, you know, I guess it happens all across the country. We've seen so many school shootings, but you almost figured that, you know, it's going to wind up here if it's going to be anywhere because that's what happens. Yeah, and and you know what? You you can't blame the players for anything they did. You can't blame oh. Alan Haller or Bill Beekman or or anybody else in the university. Right. You know, if right. if right. what is you know being said is true, it's it's bad decision making on Mel's yeah. part. I right. mean, it's, he's it's, it's a lone actor. 
yeah. who had, had done something that is uh, incredibly, uh, unimaginably stupid, given his position and his contract and uh, the morals aside. Uh, it's hard to imagine somebody making that decision if they are a, a leader of young men. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you have to look at uh, two sides to this, and I'm really anxious to, to hear more about what Mel has to say. We just heard a little bit through attorneys, and I'm sure he'll have a, a spin or a story with this. Uh, usually there's something in the middle. Sometimes one person is completely lying. They've set set this whole thing up, but more often than not, there's uh, something that is a grain of truth in both sides, and then you know you you can parse it out any way you want. But obviously, he and Brenda Tracy had a different idea about how this thing uh, transpired, and her image uh, has been so positive. I mean, if you were to pick one person to get into a public relations battle with and it's not like mel tucker is being accused of a crime he he hasn't uh, uh molested uh, children and i'm not saying this isn't severe uh certainly it, it's hideous in some ways but uh has he broken any laws i don't no, know no, that he has I'm, i don't think no. he has normally for something gets this much uh attention you know, there's been some some law that was broken somewhere. What's what's happened here is Mel Tucker has poured gas on the fire that has been Michigan State's history for a long, long time. And just when people thought, okay, you got a guy for ten years, you bring him in, uh, you know, we're gonna move out in a different direction, and everything's gonna get better. We're gonna get stability, and then he nukes it. Here's, here's two observations I'll make, and I don't know if you agree with them, but there is okay. a faction out there who don't like Mel Tucker. Oh, absolutely. And they, 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 they want to see him gone. Mel right. just gave them every the ammunition to basically oh, yeah. you know, take him out completely. Oh, yeah. but, then, yeah. but then number two, yeah. he ended up bringing up Paula Levine and ESPN, yeah. which yeah. to me – you know, and, and and they denied that they were, you know, doing some research on, on a story related to the lady that, you know, this is this is all about and everything like that. Paula Levine, you know, she uh, she was not well liked on campus because of all her reporting around, you know, the Larry Nasser thing and you know where she was going and the way she was questioning things. Well, now you now you just. The sleeping bear, and I'm just waiting for Paula Levine to show up on campus and start questioning people and all that. So we're, we're basically opening up the doors again. That, okay, let's let's see what else we could possibly find out about Michigan State. And I'm not saying Michigan State is, you know, um, innocent throughout the entire athletic program and that, but I, I'm I'm saying you don't need to just make this even more complicated than it truly is. I mean, yeah. the the key thing is. You know, if just just let it go until the, the fifth and the sixth. And I hate to say this, but you know, the the thing about when these type of matters come out, usually something else usually follows it. You know, and oh yeah, oh, you just, yeah, you, yeah. Just, you, you just wonder what what's next. You know, Jack, I, I said there are that very to you few one punch knockouts. <laughs> yeah, watch a boxing yeah. match, and you'll see there's a punch that stuns someone, 
and then there's the knockout punch. Yeah, well, exactly, and that's that's what I said to you last night. I, I, I texted you. I said, you know, I've been covering this team for 43 years, and you know, over those 43 years, I thought I've seen it all. But trust me, <laughs> you know what? It just keeps getting more and more. You know, it's it's not just a job; it's an adventure. You know, stealing it from the, from the military. I mean, it just it really is because you just don't know what is next around the corner that you know right. has not happened to this this football program. I mean, you, you you look at Tom Izzo and the basketball program and how you know there's been that there's been consistency along there and. Tom, you know, Tom is, is is God, you know, to most people and everything. And we haven't had that with the football program. We haven't had somebody, you know, Mark D'Antonio uh, is a saint, you know, in, in a sense. You know, I, I know he left on uneasy terms and all that, but he's back. And hopefully, you know, he'll bring a common influence to, you know, to the locker room and to the team, you know, and some, some players will probably appreciate that because they're, they were recruited like Noah Kim, for example, you know, you know, probably nice to to be seeing him. So yeah, Michigan state's got its work cut out for them. And you just keep asking yourself, when are they going to get this right? You know, it's, it, it's just amazing. It's, It's a head scratcher in a sense in that, you know, how many times are we going to go through some wackiness with the football program? Uh, I don't know how long is history going to be. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I think you're right. There are things, whether you talk about the campus shooting or, in this case, all of the players, all of the people who are working to uh, make Michigan State as good as it could be, they were not involved in this, but that's collateral damage. And when you start in a crater, stop digging. And for Michigan State, it's been in a crater reputationally for a long time. You know, as you say, uh, you go to other parts of the country and you talk about Michigan State. Maybe they know Magic Johnson. Maybe they know Tom Izzo. Uh, Maybe they know Larry Nassar. And uh, that is something that changes the perception you're fighting a different fight and the last thing you can do is knock yourself out i i mean you got to think of it too jack you know when people ask you know do you think he's done coaching michigan state how can he not be well think about this if let, let's say that they they basically end up saying that you know it's okay there wasn't much to it and all that if you are parents of a high school football player are you really going to want Mel Tucker to be coming and sitting down in your house? You know, especially if you're, you know, you're, you know, your morals are totally different than, than his, you know, I mean, do you bring it up? Say, so Mel, um, you know, can you explain to us what went on with that? I mean, I, I don't know. I just think it's just, maybe gonna, they don't get just, a campus uh, visit. Yeah. Yeah. Visit. Yeah. I, I, I don't see how, the end result is going to be anything less than, you know, you're going to have a new football coach uh, starting 2024. You know, I, I, I think that Harlan will probably be the interim through the remainder of the, of the season. I, I got to believe that. I just don't think that there's any way around it at this point. And I thought that was a good choice. I mean, given the options, mm-hmm. uh, 
is he well, Bill Belichick? Is he uh, Bill Walsh? You know, but that's not the point. You look at the possibilities here for Michigan State, and you know Harlan Barnett was a candidate when Mel Tucker was hired. I know this because I had conversations with him and with people who were in his camp, including Darquez Denard and some others who really thought he was the answer. Well, he, he didn't get his chance to prove that, and then he wound up being hired by Mel. And I, was, I wasn't sure that would happen because a lot of times when someone's a candidate for a job, then they don't come in and you know be vice president. It just doesn't work that way. But it did here. And Mel and Harlan knew each other. And so, uh, you know, he was able to come in beyond the staff. But uh, players have liked him. And I think having D'Antonio back will be a good thing. Uh, uh, someone said, what do, you, what do you think about Mark being back? I said, it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what Mark thinks. Because when he left here, I didn't think he would coach again. Now, he nearly wound up uh, coaching uh, the Michigan Panthers. We all don't know that, how close that came. Oh, wow. But, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, but uh, he didn't didn't take the job. And now, you know, he was called and he was asked to come back. And this love for Michigan State, he said, whatever you need, I will be there. Well, I, so, I remember, I was going to say, ahead. I remember talking to Mark several years ago. And he was basically saying that, you know, Narduzzi and Harlan Barnett were coaches in waiting. You know, he was, he was yeah. promoting them in, in a sense that, and if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Harlan the associate head coach? I mean, yeah, under D'Antonio at one point. So, yeah, so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I've always liked Harlan. I've, you know, he, he's, he's been good with me. So I, you know, I have no complaints on that. I think the big question to, you know, that that's raised now is it's it's amazing that none of the coordinators were considered for the position. So well, I'll tell you why that is. It's not that they weren't considered, Bob. Uh, I think they were considered. They considered you. They considered everybody. But the reason, if you have a coordinator, they're the ones that's determining what's going to happen on the field. So if you take your offensive coordinator out, that's a bigger loss than losing your head coach. If you take your defensive yeah. coordinator out, uh, now they did have also an assistant uh, head coach, associate head coach, right, in Chris Kapilovic, but he's got his hands full with the offensive line and, uh, and those functions. So I think in terms of keeping the players together, uh, somebody who certainly knows what it's like, he's been successful here as a player, been very successful here as an assistant coach. And I think that, uh, you know, they have two defensive back coaches. Right. Uh, Harlem Barnett can take on these additional duties. You know, people don't understand uh, what it is to be a head coach. And I told this story many times, but uh, Tom Izzo had wanted to be an NFL coach for a long time. <laughs> it was his dream, right? He's going to coach in the right. NFL. That was going to be here. And so uh, when... He was inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. I had to do the piece on it and uh, honored to do the piece on it. And so I said, well, you know what? I'm going to call Mariucci about this and just ask that question. And I said, uh, so, uh, you know, it's keeps talking about being an NFL coach. Do you think he could be like a NFL special teams coach? 
And Steve said, well, you know, uh, probably not. And I, I said, yeah. He said, but, but he could be an NFL head coach. And I was like, wow. But there's so much specific knowledge involved in being a position coach. To be a head coach, yeah. you have to be a leader. You have to be a manager. You have to be a delegator. And your football decisions, you're like saying, yeah, that's good. Uh, I don't like that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to decide to punt or whether to go for it. Those kinds of things. But you are not there unless you're Nick Saban, uh, who still thinks he's every position coach. Then you are not involved that way. You can't be. So you actually have more freedom, and that's why a coordinator would have been a horrible choice. And whichever yeah, and, side it had been, that side of the ball would have fallen apart. And I and I can give you a great example here of where you know. I'm concerned, and it's not with Michigan State. It's with my Buffalo Bills because you got Sean McDermott who has taken over as defensive coordinator because Leslie Frazier is no longer there, and he's also the head coach. And we're going to find out tonight how that meshes of being a coordinator and the head coach at the same time. But you're absolutely right that the head coach, really it's about the leadership and making sure that the ship is sailing. You're basically like the captain of the ship. And all the other people are making sure that the ship keeps working and stuff. That's right. So, that's right. Um, you can't yeah. be the captain of the ship and be the cook of all the meals <laughs> and be the person who handles all the linen, right? I mean, no. you, you, can't, you can't do that. So no. I think that in this case, this is a big enough job. Uh, and I'm sure that you know, Harlan will still have his hand in the, in the secondary. But uh, they do have Jim Salgado there, too. But in this case, Mark D'Antonio coming in, don't forget, what is his area of specialization? Defensive Yeah. Right. So, you know, if they need somebody out on the practice field, uh, there's nothing Mark D'Antonio likes better than coaching DBs. Yeah. Except being yeah. Michigan. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know, I, I think about that, and what would it be like, Okay. Uh, Michigan State and the matchup predictor uh, before this whole thing broke had risen up to 43% chance of winning Saturday, which I thought was pretty high. But people were kind of liking it. The simulations were liking it. So there's a chance, okay? There's a lot better chance of Michigan State pulling a stunning upset, uh, one that makes Colorado look like it was expected, uh, than there was of say, Richmond beating Michigan State. But what happens, Bob, Saturday, if Michigan State plays the game of its life, if something happens, Michael Penix has an off day, turns an ankle, whatever the case may be, and Michigan State wins this game at home? Or or what happens if Michigan State beats Michigan? I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. But I've seen worse Michigan State teams than this one win that game over top-ranked uh, teams, teams that went on and did great things in that game, bizarre things can happen. If anything like that happens, uh, and this is Mark D'Antonio's final uh, curtain call, what a career. That would mean what a career capper. You're talking about 
College Football Hall of Fame stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I hey, with what we've seen, Jack, I guess anything's possible. I'm not saying they're going to go out and beat Washington. I'm not saying they're going to go out and beat Michigan. But anything is possible. I told you last week that I've got a stat, and, I, yeah, and, I, yeah. and I've been double-checking this stat. Yes. Did you know, West, you know how Michigan State has problems when it goes to the West Coast? Yeah. It's, it's equally as bad for, yes. for Pac-12 teams, Pac-10 teams to come here. Michigan State has a 19-5 and record against Pac-10 teams or Pac-12 teams going back to 1946. And you, you look at you, you just look at the results and everything like that. And the last time that you know Michigan State lost, you know it was it was a really fluky game because it ended up being uh, uh, Arizona State. But you know prior to that, they lost to Cal uh, Cal forty six twenty two in two thousand two. But then after that. You have to go all the way back to 1970 to find the last time that a Pac-10 team came into Spartan Stadium and won. So, you know, anything's possible. You know, I know they're coming in Thursday, you know, because I I just watched Kalen DeBoer's press conference to see what he had to say. And uh, they're coming in on Thursday to try to adjust the time because it is going to be a a time thing. They've not had a lot of success playing on grass. You know, that's that's another thing. I mean there's there's a lot of things that could happen between yeah, now and then. Yeah, Michigan yeah. Michigan State could, you know, who knows, maybe real fired up for Coach B. I, you and I, Jack, we have no idea. I know the line has no. moved. The line has moved from fourteen, it's now sixteen to sixteen and a half in favor yeah. of Washington. So, yeah. um hey, I'm covering the game. I'm expecting anything. I, I really am. I, I've seen I Michigan have, State win five times as a twenty-plus point underdog, Bob. Yeah, yeah. So and, uh, I'm not going to say it can't happen. I'm going to say that Michael Penix Jr. is one of the three best players in the country, and I'm going to say that all signs point toward Washington. Uh, wouldn't surprise me at all if Washington was in the college football playoff. But oh yeah, you know they got to come in there and do it. Well, without a doubt, you know that. He he has thrown for nine thousand six hundred ninety-seven yards in his in his college career. He's just three hundred and three. No, what would it be? Three hundred and yeah, three hundred and three yards away yeah. from having ten thousand yards passing. Yeah, he's Incredible. got almost a whole season to go. Yeah, I mean he'll, yeah. he'll be at thirteen thousand by the time he's done. You're the one who gave me the stat about the three games he has. Uh, thousand and three yards and nine touchdowns, yeah. right? Yep. Yeah. That's one school. It's amazing. <laughs> exactly. And it makes you wonder. You know, one school's I, I not even want... in his league anymore. That's right. And, you know, the other thing, too, if you go back since he got to Washington only one time, and that, that was against Oregon State, did they not have over 400 yards of total offense. And they had 398 that game. But all yeah. the other games, they you know, they average seven point one uh, yards right. per per play, and you just yeah. look at the numbers and you just scratch your head at how many times he's gone over. He's gone over five, two hundred yards. It's like, oh yeah. my god, 
So they got their work cut out for them. Michigan State does. And it, it's going to be interesting. You now got, uh, you know, Harlan Barnett, who's defensive coordinator also at Florida State, didn't have a lot of success there. But that was, that was a weird situation at Florida State. They weren't getting the players that they're getting today. And uh, we'll see. You know, hey, give him the keys to the car and let's see how he drives it. You know, hopefully he's not, you know, he he can do what he needs to do. Um I, I'm I, like I said. I'm just waiting to see what what is the next possible thing that could happen, you know, with this team. And I'm I'm hoping it's it's a positive thing. That that's truly what I'm hoping for because well, that, uh, that's the thing too that people forget. A lot of times it's you know, woe is me. You know, Michigan State never has anything good happen. <laughs> you know, uh, Duffy Doherty came out with the uh, the Underground Railroad. That whole idea. Not only was it incredible in terms of national championships and big 10 championships it was incredible in terms of what it did for american integration you know he there weren't 85 people trying to do this when you look at at some of the greatest upsets in college football history you know they involved michigan state when they beat ohio state in 1974 uh, levi jackson's run sports illustrated thought that game would be such a mismatch they didn't even have a photographer there <laughs> when you think about 1998 and the Ohio State fans, the whole morning of the game, Steve Grinzel are driving to the stadium, and they're talking about where they're going to stay out at the Fiesta Bowl. And uh, Michigan State scores the last five times it touches the ball to win 28-24 on uh, Ronaldo Hill's interception. What about 2015? You can look at the Ohio State game and say that was one of the most talented teams ever, and, you know, they couldn't get out of their own way. And But before that, Michigan State beats Michigan on one of the most improbable plays that you will ever see. So Michigan State is capable of doing amazing things, positively and negatively. I just look at the players who come through here. I bring this up because he got hurt yesterday. Jack Conklin suffered a season-ending knee injury. I feel so bad for him. He's the best offensive lineman I've seen at Michigan State since the 60s, and that includes Joe DeLamalier. So when Conklin came in here, he was a walk-on. Nobody recruited him. He comes in, he says, can I have a helmet? You know, you go back to even basketball, the first truly, truly, truly great player took Michigan State from mediocrity to the Final Four overnight was jumping Johnny Green came out of the army and showed up on campus he's written the coach a letter the coach put it in a drawer forgot about it and next thing you know he's dunking over a cable 11 foot six inches off the ground and takes michigan state to incredible heights in the late 50s they didn't recruit him just happened so michigan state leads the free world in bizarre events positive and negative oh yeah without a doubt I mean, it's, you know, some people say that, you know, there's a lot of blame to go around, whether it's the administration or just, you know, it just happens. I mean, you can't explain a lot of this stuff, but, right. you know, there's there's a lot of good that's happened. I mean, whether you look at the Rose Bowl, the playoffs or whatever, there's been a lot of good. And, you know, I, I like to look at both both ways. And as a reporter, I have to look at it that way. You know, 
you're right. You can't just keep saying, oh, woe is me, oh, woe is me. And that's what you have to do. You know, you have to be unbiased and look at it from both angles. And, um, you know, right now, Michigan State, they're entering a new, uh, a new era. You know, and uh, yeah. we'll see. We'll see what the rest of the season holds. You know, I think this is a team that has the potential if if their minds are there, uh, whether yeah. whether they have Mel Tucker or not, they could potentially win seven seven games, maybe eight if they if things go well. I mean, well, they I, didn't I'm have the, at the toughest the schedule big... in the country. And yeah, you can say it's the second toughest. Trust me, it's the toughest. There's it nobody is. else yeah. that's playing teams. Two, six, seven, and eight right now that all won eleven or more games last year. No one else is doing that. I think the big I think right now they're they're playing what, five? I believe five of the rank top twenty five ranked teams because you gotta add Iowa well, in four there. of the top eight. Yeah, well four of the top eight, but you also got Iowa, you know, down in the twenties and that. But yeah. they're playing five ranked teams and yeah. but well there are other schools that are playing a lot of ranked teams just because they have a lot of ranked teams in their conference. Uh, yeah, you may get SEC teams that have seven teams ranked, and you could you could wind up doing that. But to play four of the top eight, that means you're playing somebody out of conference. Yeah. Uh, plus, you're playing all the biggies in the conference. You have to be from the East. You'd have to be from the East Division, and you would have to take on a monumental challenge outside conference play, and that's Michigan State. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Jack. It's going to be an interesting Saturday, to say yeah, the least. We'll be there. I will see you up in the, the box. Looking forward to that, Bob. Uh, thanks so much for all your help, and uh, we'll catch up to you Saturday. <laughs> Sounds good. Bob Trippy, our director of research for the show. We'll be right back. We're going to talk with someone in the media who I think, well, maybe George Blaha and Tim May uh, would know Mel Tucker the best. Uh, wouldn't be me, wouldn't be anybody else who works, uh, who has covered him here at Michigan State, although some people have good relationships with him. Some have very little relationship with him. But I would say Tim May from his time in Columbus, and you, you notice uh, Mel always refers to Tim at the Big Ten uh, kickoff meetings, media days. So uh, Tim's going to join us from Letterman Row. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Michigan State, but we're going to talk about the Big Ten as well. Coming up on The Drive with Jack. To everyone who believes family is what mealtime is all about, let our guest Emmy share what she loves about Culver's. From the moment my family walked in, we knew Culver's was the place for us. There's just something nice about a cooked-to-order butter burger and creamy, fresh frozen custard that tastes like it was made just for you. But time with family? Now that's what's really special. Stop in and experience what mealtime means at Culver's. From From Wisconsin Wisconsin with love, love, welcome to Delicious. Hey, Spartan fans, when you want the largest and best selection of Spartan gear, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping destination. Come get your officially licensed gear. Nike, Champion, Columbia, Yeti, New Era hats, tailgating gear, and more. MSU students, faculty, and military receive 10% off in-store every day. And you can earn cash back with their Hall Pass rewards. Alumni Hall, located in Eastwood Town Center near the Apple Store. Or shop anytime at alumnihall.com. For the ultimate Spartan shopping experience, it's Alumni Hall. 
Time for a career change? Looking to make a difference? Dean Transportation is looking for compassionate people to join our dedicated team of school bus professionals. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased starting pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling with weekday hours, and more, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now and train all summer. Head to DeanJobs.com. So, it's been a while since you've had your jewelry cleaned and inspected, right? Where will you go and who will you trust with your most valuable and treasured heirlooms? At Meadowar Jewelers, four locations in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage, jewelry isn't just our job, it's our passion. Each and every piece entrusted in our care is thoroughly inspected by our trained staff against damage or normal wear. And we offer you, our customer, the highest level of quality on repairs and custom designs. Whether it's worn-out prongs, channels, or shanks, it's all handled with incredible care. Metawar Jewelers in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage want to help you preserve your memories and offer you options on creating new ones. Come in today for the cleaning and inspection of your jewelry. We continue to work hard every day to earn your confidence and trust. Jack Ebling with my good friend Matt Sloan at Graph of Okemos. Matt, I see that the lots are filling up and showroom is too. Yes, finally. Lots are getting full. We're ready to sell some cars, Jack. And you got some new vehicles, some news about the Silverado and the Colorado. That's exactly right. We have the all-new, completely redesigned 2024 three-quarter ton Silverado. And then we also have the all-new, completely redesigned Colorado. Both fantastic vehicles. We're really excited. And then on the Nissan side, we've got the all-electric Aria, which is on the ground right now. That thing is absolutely fantastic. And seen technology like that ever before. Stop and see Matt and the gang on West Grand River in Okemos. They're making friends. To everyone who needs a little delight in their day, let our team member Paul tell you about one of our favorite sweet treats. Making special moments at mealtime is a tradition in Wisconsin. And what better way to sweeten your day than a Culver's creamy, fresh frozen custard and your favorite mix-ins. From the indulgence of Snickers to the richness of Dove chocolate, we handcraft every concrete mixer exactly the way you like. Come to Culver's and let us make your day a little bit sweeter. From From Wisconsin Wisconsin with with love, welcome to Delicious. Welcome back. It is the Drive with Jack, Spotlight Radio Network. Jack Ebling here with my producer, Boston Rob. Rob, do we have our next guest ready? Yeah, I got caught up talking with him before we got on the air. We do have Mr. Tim May ready. All right. I didn't have a confirmation of that. Let's welcome in Mel Tucker's favorite media member. I think I can yeah. say that. Yeah, uh, certainly. Probably. You Mel, have known. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> You've known uh, Mel since he got to Columbus, and uh, even now, I see him light up when your name comes up. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know whether uh, you you know he owes you money or what, but uh, I think that uh, you understand Mel maybe in a different way than a lot of the media members do, maybe myself included. What can you tell us about Mel Tucker that people right now don't know and in many cases don't really want to hear? You know, this is this is a this is a tough time because 
if any of if any of what uh, in that report is true, and obviously you know uh, some of the stuff has been corroborated by Mel, but I don't think he you know in a in his in his mind it was a uh, damning uh, corroboration, but it has turned out to be evidently. But uh, you know, I, all I can say is my 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 uh, time with Mel was great. He used to let me watch video occasionally with him. Uh, we would talk often. Uh, you know, sometimes we would talk, and uh, you know, and Jim Trussell didn't know we were talking. If you know what I'm saying, I mean, we'd just shoot the bull about things and life and and all that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, so you like him Mel, personally. I always thought right? Mel was we- very intelligent. Yeah, I always okay. thought Mel yeah. I still do. I always thought Mel was very intelligent. And uh, given the right breaks, was headed places, and uh, and that that was borne out, you know. And uh, so this, you know, you just never know what's coming around the corner, you know. And uh, I've had some other friends who have had not similar circumstances, but things that you just didn't see coming, and you kind of go, well, what happened there, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. but I think Mel is a is a is a great football mind, and uh, you know he. He did Coach Prime before Coach Prime did Coach Prime in terms of uh, trying to, you know, trying to kind of change uh, the way you go about building a football team in the transfer portal NIL era. And uh, so I'm not going to sit here and badmouth Mel Tucker in any sense in that regard, but just, you know, I'm stunned and flummoxed maybe by what came out over the weekend. Did you find out Sunday morning, Tim? Yeah, just like everybody else did when people started breaking it, you know, over yeah, the yeah. over the uh, X verse. Now I guess it's the X verse now, not the Twitterverse. And uh, right, I had to read. I kind of had to read the thing twice to make sure it wasn't an April Fool's joke, you know, in September. Yeah, well, we found out very late Saturday night. Here we began to get some of the information and then uh, more details. But for most people, I think it was. Sunday morning, what surprised what, you? Yeah. What I think surprised what Michigan you State was trying to do was to get to the hearing yes, aspect yes, of yes. this before it made a final judgment, you know, before it became yeah. what it yeah. has become now, a judgment yeah. of public opinion. So That's now right. where do you go? You know, uh, yeah, right. is there's there anything? No, there's no way out of this now that right, the damage exactly. has been done. Right, exactly. No matter, and no matter what guilt there is in one form or fashion, you know, yeah. we all know uh, that the court of public opinion is what these yeah. universities care about the most, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's what happened in the Jim Trussell uh, right. uh, forced resignation way back in 2011. And uh, so, you know, it is what it is at this point. So it's too bad in some respects they couldn't. But what I don't understand is why they couldn't get to the hearing aspect of it before football season. I think a lot of people are wondering about that. You know, so. Yeah, go. and I don't know whether the, from Mel's end, those were the dates when he and his team of representatives uh, wanted to make that presentation when they'd had a chance to review uh, the charges right. and, and get ready to do that. I would think you would want to get to that as soon as you possibly could. Yeah, and you wouldn't want to do it during your bye week. October, yeah, two yeah. and a half months, yeah. three months. It's a long time to prepare your side of the deal, especially – uh, when some when you've already been interviewed, you know about well, it. We just so. heard about a presidential candidate who uh, needs till twenty twenty six to get yeah. ready uh, to answer yeah. charges. So I mean, I I don't know about yeah. that part of it, but I do know 
that for Mel Tucker today, and he has come out with a statement this afternoon. Yeah. I, I've not seen that. What did, what did it say, Jack? What did it say? Uh, I'll send it to you. It's too long okay. uh, to go through. But he refutes it point by point and talks about mm. his relationship. I don't think he he necessarily does himself any favors uh, reputationally with this. But I think that maybe in terms of uh, legally and yeah. whether he's entitled to his money and whether he's being fired with, with cause or without cause, yeah. uh, that might be an issue here. The The ship has sailed here, Tim, and people yeah. made up their mind on Mel Tucker. Have you, guys, uh, have you guys confirmed that he, in fact, has been fired? No. Okay. No, and Michigan you know, State would never say that because right. the reason that they have waited is they right. have to be sure Process. that they have followed all this protocol Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's going to have a chance to have his hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, in well, fact, the initial I mean, re- report that came out was that uh, somebody got it wrong and said, oh, Mel Tucker's been fired, and Michigan State went, went right. did cartwheels, right. backflips, to say, no, 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 he's being suspended, and he's going to have his say October 5th and 6th. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know who reported that, and I— and I saw where he backtracked a little bit. Well, you know, he's as good as fired. You know, it's basically, basically what he's uh, yeah. what he reported now. But I mean, I don't know how you suspend a guy without without pay. Without pay means you've made up your mind on something. And uh, and number two, just like when Urban Meyer had to miss the first three weeks of the season in 2018, uh, you know, because of what went down there, you know, with his former assistant coach uh, Zach Smith. And all that stuff, uh, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these contracts have so much written into them about, yeah. in essence, I'm paraphrasing, embarrassing the university in some yes. form or fashion. So yes, that's what that's this is all right. about. But go ahead right. now. I'm sorry. No, I, I, you're absolutely right. I, I think that, and when you refer to Jim Trestle, I think that's a great example of how sometimes, you know, the facts, so people say, well, well, what did Jim Trestle do to get fired? You know, Woody Hayes did 30 things worse than that, but nobody knew about him. Right. Uh, and here's the, and here's nobody the knew thing. about him slugging the commissioner. Nobody knew about any of that stuff. Right. But right. when, when because, you, it becomes right, public knowledge, and then what are you going to do? Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing about the, the Jim Trestle thing is still, you know, I don't know, irks me to this day. I'm sure yeah. it irks him a hell of a lot more was yeah. the university pretty much reacted to a uh, story that was going to be coming out in Sports Illustrated that week, right. which added literally about 5% that you didn't already know about, about what had already been reported and stuff, including the fact uh, some of the players enjoyed free fried chicken at the tattoo parlor. You know what I mean? And uh, And there were other things involved. Uh, with that investigation other than tattoos. But uh, Ohio State, uh, I know, because, you know, they have to, in essence, pay the attorneys who represent the players because the players, you know, are student-athletes and amateurs, right? <laughs> but they have to – and Larry James was, an, was a, an attorney for several of the players that were involved in the Ohio State thing, and uh, he went to – he and his law firm went to great lengths to prove that they're – cell phone showed they were where they were supposed to be when they were supposed to be working for this summer. Well, the NCAA just basically disregarded different points of evidence, much like Mac Brown is all upset about, you know, with the the player who transferred there and uh, came out wholeheartedly against what the NCAA has done to that player, not denying him uh, immediate eligibility. So they're always 
different things involved in this, as you well know, Jack. You've been covering major college athletics for half a century. Tim, I don't wait, know wait, why. Wait, do your do your fans know how old you really are? Go ahead now. Uh, yeah, I'm seven. No, I'll tell them. I'll tell them later. It's 131. Uh, when you think about uh, public perception and the rush to judgment, yeah, uh, nobody wants to hear everything. They only want to hear what supports what their viewpoint of someone Correct. is initially. So, you know, it's the reason we have uh, cable news outlets. I'm going to give you different sides, and we can argue about which one deals more in the truth. But I think that in a case like this, people who didn't like Mel Tucker before, uh, they didn't need much help to say that he should be gone. People who loved him are going to. Yeah, the first opinion out of many people's mouths was, okay, there they now they can get out of this big contract. They have just called. Right, they can. Right. They can get out of this. That was it. that was all they were concerned about, That's and right. uh, which is very telling, you know, about modern day. I mean, it's yeah. just it is nuts. I mean, uh, you know, they're what two and zero, oh, but you know, I mean, it's funny because both coaches, uh, both coaches uh, uh, of the major two Big Ten college football teams in Michigan are. Right. suspended for this week. <laughs> right. That's right. And neither one of them will be on a job. And, and in terms of what we've seen the first two weeks, I mean, it's Central Michigan and Richmond, so make of it what you will. But the only Correct. school in the conference that has a greater point differential, and uh, Michigan State's plus 55, the only one better than that is Penn State. Right. And that doesn't mean that Michigan State's going to be a dark horse contender or it's going to come out and surprise everyone and win 10 games. Right. But, uh, you know, the team is looking a lot better than the situation is for Mel right now. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm going to send you this thing because uh, this statement from Mel, basically. Okay. In fact, uh, okay. the state journals just released something, and it's like by Mel Tucker. But, okay. uh, you know, actually he's, he's given this statement, and he has some good points. But, again, you know, you're supposed to be, supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. In this country, yeah. it doesn't always work that way. Yeah, but and the thing about if you it haven't is heard you both sides yeah. of the story, how can you yeah. convict? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, that's it too. And uh, you know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not even going to get into it uh, from the standpoint because I've read all kinds of different things about yeah. about you know both situations. You know what I mean? I'll just leave it at that. I, I just, uh, I, the thing about it is, is Michigan State could have hustled this, no matter how much they play it now, could have hustled this situation forward a lot faster because if what they believed in the report they believed, uh, then that means they believed it. It reminds you so much of the, of, of the way Northwestern handled its report about Pat Fitzgerald, but that was more of a microcosm. One minute he suspended without pay for two weeks in the middle of a summer when nobody cares and uh two days later he's fired you know what i mean yeah. because the thing leaked out and well, i think there are people so why Tim, was, why here there, who, who would have leaked out was, that was any more what, damning than what was in the report you know what i mean so uh, go ahead I'm yeah sorry. and the report was not supposed to uh be disclosed and it hasn't been disclosed it wasn't disclosed to it was former uh, players to alan yeah. aller or to the university interim president Teresa woodruff uh, yeah you're talking about Sunday. They, yeah. yeah yeah so you know yeah. that's that's what title nine protections are designed to do 
And Michigan State didn't know that Brenda Tracy was going to take 1,200 pages of documents and dump them on some uh, USA Today reporter's desk. I mean, you know, the yeah. idea was this process is going to play out. There are uh, safeguards built in here to protect the name of the plaintiff. There yeah. are, you know, it's a due process thing. And once it becomes out there, you know, the media's job is they're going to print what they can print. Whatever they yes, can, the momentum. The they, momentum carries right. it carries along. It's a yeah, it is a uh, it is a landslide. Uh, hey, real quick, I'm not clear on this. Did she make formal complaints to Michigan State about him well before uh, bringing the suit? I mean, uh, I mean, as this thing went along, what 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 is the chronology? I have to of, double check the timetable, but there's there's okay. a, a lag from when the first complaint was made and then yeah. of course there was an investigation and that was wrapped up at the end of july so i think right. you might be talking about maybe six months for the investigation but uh, i don't think michigan state sat on it for two years and said we just hope it goes away oh yeah no that's uh, what i'm asking that's the reason i was asking yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it was you know just boy man just, just the more you you think about this the, just the more bizarre it becomes i mean it's uh yeah. and yes you know uh, if this is true, you know, if a lot of this is true, then Mel's getting what he had coming to a certain extent because yeah. like 80% of a major college football coach's job now is public relations in Absolutely. some form in some form or fashion present uh, an image that we're all proud of, you know, that uh, people, players, uh, right. Michigan State Nation can rally Spartan Nation. I guess Spartan. Sparta was actually an actual country that Spartan country uh, can rally around, and yeah. uh, and it is Greece, what yeah. it is. It's not like the good old days when pretty much you didn't know much about really what was going on with football programs until Saturdays. Did they win or lose? <laughs> right, right, right. Now that becomes secondary, but, you know, I don't think I've seen a case that could have this kind of ramifications without there being a law broken. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. this is this is a, a potentially horrific violation uh, of, you know, maybe someone who is a, a rape survivor and yeah. the fact that she's been such a, uh, a well-known advocate for uh, sexual assault education, and she'd come in here. She'd been an honorary captain at the spring game. I know. I know, Jack. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying. It just seems like there's more to this than we know. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think the university yeah. might have been taking the exact same idea, but then when it's out there, you know, in public purview, you have to react. You know, you have to protect, so to speak. And uh, so that's why we are where we are right now in this whole deal. I mean. Just weird, you know, just uh, like I was, you know, just texting briefly with uh, Coach Trestle, you know, Jim Trestle. Yeah. Uh, and he, you know, it's just hard to believe, you know, just how do you wrap your head around this? You know, it's just very difficult. And and it's funny because not funny, ha-ha, but funny and uh, ironic or whatever that three Big Ten teams are being coached right now will be right. coached on Saturday by interim coaches, including at Northwestern. And so, you know, it's just. I, it's a bad look, you know, for the conference oh, in yeah. particular. <laughs> it's 
Yeah, no. Tim, uh, may, maybe you would have some insight into this because the Big Ten is a very proud organization. I mean, they're always patting themselves on the back, and, they, you know, they've done this for so long, and educationally, they think their values are a little bit above uh, some of the other schools in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a little bit picky about that image. Yeah. Uh, but if you look around what has happened in this conference, I mean, how many schools have been hit with some sort of major scandal? Uh, you know, and I'm not talking about tattoos. Yeah. We know that there was another medically related incident at Ohio State. We know what happened with Jerry Sandusky. We know what yeah. happened with Robert Anderson. Uh, yeah. We know how many schools have been in NCAA trouble. Yeah. Uh, it seems like the the Big Ten is doing worse than anybody. Well, like, a, but you know, in Iowa, you know, right now with the with the right with the gambling situation right. or you know online gambling. I mean, who didn't see that coming? You know, uh, yeah, There's serious I mean, allegations. Well, there you against, remember you were yeah. at the Big Ten meetings. I think what was how many years ago was that when Jim Delaney sort of in essence in his in his you know the thing is Jim Delaney's uh, presentation was sort of hard to listen to just because of his monotone kind of approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it had a lot of substance usually in it, you know, when he would talk to us. And he basically scolded, was scolding uh, several different entities. You know, you got to get control of your situations. You know what I mean? When, when there were things going on uh, back then. And uh, because it is about, to a certain extent, about image. Uh, you know, why else would you play – major college football except to present a nice front window show window to your store, which is your university, you know, and that's, that's literally what it's all about. And as as we know this year, for example, this is a small example, but with them, you know, doing away with the timeout when you make a first down, which saves, I don't know how many seconds a quarter, you know, but so the games don't last too long because of the exorbitant amount of time, uh, devoted to television timeouts and ad revenue. I mean, just that's crazy how the tail is wagging the dog, or maybe it is the dog wagging the tail at this point. But uh, yeah. just all of those things, when you think about it, yes, you like we just said a while ago, a head coach's job is so much more different than a, an assistant coach's job. It's crazy, and it's all about the public face, the public persona that you have to maintain. I mean, it's it's crazy. And then but then when you get into the details of like what went on in those hazing incidents at Northwestern, it makes you cringe, you know. So, you know, it's it's best sometimes that uh you, you turn on the lights and see who's on the scurrying around uh on the kitchen floor. Uh Tim, I'm gonna read a few paragraphs of Mel's statement here. And, uh, you know, you can interpret this in any way you want. These are Mel Tucker's words, verbatim, talking about Brenda Tracy and her attorney. Miss Tracy's attorney told us from the very beginning that I should not lose my job over her allegations, but it would take a lot of money to make it go away. Her twisting of our personal relationship months after it concluded is designed to to revive her career and destroy my life, precipitated by her greed. I've been ripped from the team that I love without any meaningful opportunity to tell my side of the story other than this press release. I ask everyone to consider carefully the undisputed facts outlined 
and reserve judgment until the full truth comes out. Mm -hmm. Brenda Tracy's allegations of harassment are completely false. The proceedings initiated by Ms. Tracy are devoid of any semblance of fairness for any matter of this importance. And the university's quote-unquote hearing, uh, scheduled for October 5th and 6th, is so flawed that there is no other opportunity for the truth to come out. That's why I share the truth with you now. And then Mm -hmm. he goes into the whole story. Well, here's the thing. Here's what, for Mel's sake, did he keep any kind of evidence, you know, to the contrary, yeah. you know, whether it be text messages, emails, yeah. even maybe recorded conversations, you know, did he keep any of that available or, or you know, yeah. with him? And uh, there's always two sides to these kind of things. As, we, as you and I both know, we've been around a long time. You know, you can't throw stones uh, in these kind of situations until you know for in fact, if you know in fact that it's, that it is right to throw stones. We all know about that side of this story, too. I've covered several things at Ohio State that, uh, when first presented, looked egregious, and but then when uh, further studied and looked into, yeah. were not. And uh, But it's always the initial, the one who beats, you know, beats you to the headline that gets all of the, uh, that gets the run. And it's hard. It's extremely difficult to put that back in the bottle. But I will say this, oh, yeah. you know, if if you were if you are getting rid of of a coach or a CEO or someone uh because of an affair, well, you know, look out. But <laughs> if it's an yeah. affair that was only one-sided, then there you go. So, you know. Well, I'm I'm curious about that because if this relationship continued for as many phone calls as it did. Yeah, that's what's perplexing. And if this phone conversation in question was more than 30 minutes yeah. and was based on a <laughs> photograph that, that uh, Brenda Tracy sent, and that's how it started. Uh-huh. Uh, if, if that's the case, I'm not defending anything that Mel Tucker yeah. has done here. I think he's been uh, certainly, if nothing else, guilty of some of the worst judgment uh, I've seen from anyone uh, who is there in that go. position yeah. of responsibility, but yeah. poor judgment might be enough to to for you to lose your job again. When we talk about uh, reputation and uh, what your what your stewardship means, being a head coach right now, as you said, Tim, it's right. not about teaching guys to run an out pattern. No, it's about leading the program and keeping it out of the news and stories like this, not becoming the news. Right. And, uh, yeah, that, you just summed it up in a nutshell, man. And uh, it's funny how many how many big-name guys it's gotten over the years, much less, yeah. you know, smaller-name guys. I mean, uh, yeah. and it, like I said, you know, I will go back to this, though. Being a head coach at any major college university, uh, football coach, any major college university, especially in this, in this age, uh, is a privilege. I mean, it is a privilege. And uh, can be taken away from you in a heartbeat because we've seen it done many times over. And uh, not, you kind of wonder, you know, do do people want these guys to be angelic uh, at all times? Well, you know, I hope you never met Bear Bryant or Woody Hayes, you know what I mean? And uh, and, uh, Woody, you know, 
Woody had his temper, as we all know, and uh, Woody Woody pretty much walked his own walk, though. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm not I'm not throwing aspersions his way in any other regard other than well, he's won a lot the, more the games than Mel Tucker has here in three three years yeah. and two months. So yeah. you know, he's kind of yeah. kind of earned that. Not to say that hey, if Joe Paterno can go down, yeah. anybody can go down. Yeah, I mean, and he then, was a god in state college. Yeah, and then there was a there exactly and. Uh, as we all know, you know the, the the what got everybody, almost everybody we name, you can name. It wasn't it wasn't what you did. It's it's what you did when confronted with the facts. And uh, you know that's why Jim Harbaugh's missing the first three games of the season. Yeah. That's why Jim Trussell ultimately uh, was dismissed. You know because he wasn't as forthcoming to the NCAA's as he thought he should be. For whatever reasons, uh, they thought their facts were irrefutable, and uh, so you're gone, you know, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, it, the thing about Mel is, it sounds like he's been fairly forthcoming about about things that happened, but not they didn't well, happen and in he, the same and he's way that, that well, she what, is. What his role exactly. is in it? I mean, it's exactly. not like he's denying he ever what, met her. I mean, what he's talking he, about, you know, that, how yeah. close they were and all this, and it led into to an area where he shouldn't have gone. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's talked all about that. But, you know, I guess in some cases uh, that's enough. Uh, that's that's yeah. going to be very, very difficult for him to overcome. Tim, yeah, I wish we not, could talk more about quick, football. Jack, and, and yeah, we're not yeah. talking about a man's job. We're talking about a, a man's yes, life right yes. here. You know, I mean, right. his career. That's right is literally hanging in the balance and, uh, right. you know, and it's very much swinging the other way at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Tim, we'll talk uh, next week before I say plays Notre you, Dame. Cause they got to I look forward to Western, that. Western Kentucky Hilltoppers this week. Uh, Notre Dame's pretty good. Uh, watched them play a lot. They, uh, they're a pretty good team. That's going to be a great game. Yeah. Second half against North Carolina state was quite impressive. I'll say that. Yeah. Thanks so much, Tim. Tim uh, May. I would go say it was always a pleasure, but this time it was kind of like a chore. <laughs> You're welcome, though, Jack. Tim May from Letterman Row, and uh, I'll say it again. I think it, he had a special relationship with Mel Tucker uh, more than anybody around here has. Uh, we will be right back, and uh, we're going to talk with Ryan Field. He is a sports director at WABC in New York. He's getting ready for the game tonight. The Bills and the Jets, Monday Night Football. And uh, talk to him about uh, his alma mater, Michigan State. Maybe a little bit about the Detroit Lions, too. We'll be right back on A Drive with Jack. Hey, Spartan fans. When you want the largest and best selection of Spartan gear, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping destination. Come get your officially licensed gear. Nike, Champion, Columbia, Yeti, New Era hats, tailgating gear, and more. MSU students, faculty, and military receive 10% off in-store every day. And you can earn cash back with their Hall Pass rewards. Alumni Hall, located in Eastwood Town Center near the Apple Store. Or shop anytime at AlumniHall.com. For the ultimate Spartan shopping experience, it's Alumni Hall. 
To everyone who craves a rich and creamy hometown treat, let our team member Nevaeh tell you how we do it at Culver's. Every scoop of Culver's fresh frozen custard is made in small batches throughout the day. Because where we come from, the little things make a big difference. Like bringing back a seasonal favorite. Our salted caramel pumpkin concrete mixer and pumpkin spice shake are back for a limited time. Handcrafted with farm fresh dairy and real pureed pumpkin just for you. From From Wisconsin Wisconsin with with love, love, welcome to Delicious. Time for a career change? Looking to make a difference? Dean Transportation is looking for compassionate people to join our dedicated team of school bus professionals. Dean Transportation has immediate openings and offers paid training to obtain a commercial driver's license. With increased starting pay, benefit packages, flexible scheduling with weekday hours, and more, Dean Transportation may be the career choice for you. No experience needed. Apply now and train all summer. Head to deanjobs.com. So, it's been a while since you've had your jewelry cleaned and inspected, right? Where will you go and who will you trust with your most valuable and treasured heirlooms? At Meadowar Jewelers' four locations in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage, jewelry isn't just our job, it's our passion. Each and every piece entrusted in our care is thoroughly inspected by our trained staff against damage or normal wear. And we offer you, our customer, the highest level of quality on repairs and custom designs. Whether it's worn-out prongs, channels, or shanks, it's all handled with incredible care. Medawar Jewelers in Lansing, Okemos, Jackson, and Portage want to help you preserve your memories and offer you options on creating new ones. Come in today for the cleaning and inspection of your jewelry. We continue to work hard every day to earn your confidence and trust. Jack Epling with my good friend Matt Sloan at Graph of Okemos. Matt, I see that the lots are filling up and showroom is too. Yes, finally. Lots are getting full. We're ready to sell some cars, Jack. And you got some new vehicles, some news about the Silverado and the Colorado. That's exactly right. We have the all-new, completely redesigned 2024 three-quarter ton Silverado. And then we also have the all-new, completely redesigned Colorado. Both fantastic vehicles. We're really excited. And then on the Nissan side, we've got the all-electric Aria, which is on the ground right now. That thing is absolutely fantastic. I mean, seen technology like that ever before. Stop and see Matt and the gang on West Grand River and Okemos. They're making friends. To everyone who believes family is what mealtime is all about, let our guest Emmy share what she loves about Culver's. From the moment my family walked in, we knew Culver's was the place for us. There's just something nice about a cooked-to-order butter burger and creamy, fresh-frozen custard that tastes like it was made just for you. But time with family? Now that's what's really special. Stop in and experience what mealtime means at Culver's. From From Wisconsin Wisconsin with with love, love, welcome to Delicious. Hey, Spartan fans, when you want the largest and best selection of Spartan gear, Alumni Hall is your ultimate shopping destination. Come get your officially licensed gear, Nike, Champion, Columbia, Yeti, New Era hats, tailgating gear, and more. MSU students, faculty, and military receive 10% off in-store every day. And you can earn cash back with their Hall Pass rewards. Alumni Hall, located in Eastwood Town Center near the Apple Store, or shop anytime at alumnihall.com. For the ultimate Spartan shopping experience, it's Alumni Hall. Welcome back. It is The Drive with Jack, the Spotlight Radio Network. Jack Ebling here with my producer, Boston Rob. 
Rob, want to go out to New York, New York, and welcome in Ryan Field. He is the sports director, lead anchor for WABC, and as the nation's number one local affiliate. Of course, you know him from his work back in Lansing, certainly in Detroit, and uh, out in L.A. as well. Ryan, how are you? Good, Jack. Happy Monday to you. You know, uh, I was going to talk to you uh, late last week about the Lions, and now we've got the Bills and the Jets tonight. we got Miguel Cabrera. we got a million things going on, but they all pale in comparison to what happened here late Saturday night, and I do mean late. And we're talking about uh, Mel Tucker and the suspension, which followed in short order. Uh, he is apparently uh, going to have a hearing in early October, but it's hard to imagine how he would recover from that and become an effective head coach at Michigan State or, or I guess, anywhere else in the foreseeable future. How surprised were you by this? Well, I think like anyone else, I was floored uh, when I saw this report come out late Saturday night after a convincing win over Richmond. And, you know, as an alum, after so much of what this university has already been through with the Larry Nassar scandal and all the, you know, fallout from that, you know, you hear the words sexual misconduct uh, in involving a prominent figure at the university. And the first thing you think is, here we go again. Uh, Obviously, the shock quickly turned to disappointment, turned to anger, turned to frustration, um, you know, for a variety of reasons, you know, the, the biggest of which, you know, another black eye for the school, uh, a black eye for the football program, which certainly doesn't need it, given the rebuilding state that it's in. Um, and, you know, obviously <laughs> the immediate reaction, too, was that, boy, I think Mel Tucker's coach's last game at Michigan State, given the things that the school has already been through uh, in regards to those things I previously mentioned, Uh, And then you're thinking, you know, now what happens? And I think we're still kind of in that now what happens um, phase of all of this. Uh, But at the end of the day, it's just disappointing uh, that his decision to uh, partake in such an endeavor uh, has, you know, cast this, you know, unfortunate spotlight back on the university, back on the football team, again, for all the wrong reasons. And uh, as an alum uh, and as a fan of the school, uh, it's just very, very, very disappointing. Ryan, I guess it's more proof that there's no direct correlation between income level and intelligent thinking. And some of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen have come from people who should know better, who are educated, who have a lot of things going for them, but maybe it's arrogance, maybe it's privilege, I don't know. Uh, in this case, what would make someone in that position with a $95 million contract risk everything as such a public figure for something as fleeting as uh, phone sex? Well, because he probably thought it was, <laughs> A, he clearly thought it was consensual, and B, he clearly was thinking it was confidential. Um, yeah. And anyone who's been in any sort of those relationships before, uh, have to believe that there's some sort of agreement between <laughs> the two parties involved. Uh, and then, you know, now it's blown up in his face. I mean, maybe he had a certain 
sense of comfort having this big contract, kind of had the keys to the kingdom, so to speak. Uh, maybe he felt as secure as he's ever been in any job he's ever been in. And based on the parameters of the contract, it's easy to think that's the case. Um, but at the end of the day, Jack, you don't know what makes anybody <laughs> do the things right. that they do. Uh, you really don't know someone, their personal life. I mean, we know what we see of Mel Tucker on the sidelines and in radio interviews and TV interviews and, you know, uh, those type of things. But you don't know what he's like behind closed doors and, uh, I can tell you one thing, if he could do it all over again, I guarantee you he wouldn't have done it. So yeah, we've all, we've all maybe not to that level, but we've all done something before that we regret, uh, that we wish we could have a do-over. Um, and unfortunately for Mel Tucker, his blew up in his face and has really, really put our school, my school, um, yeah, and our yeah. football team uh, in a very, very bad position. Yeah, and uh, when you talk about something being consensual, sometimes you might think something is consensual. You think you have an agreement, but you really don't, and you might misread that. But to think something is confidential, you know, I always believe that if I tell one person, it's not a secret. And if someone changes their mind, if there's any kind of reason... Uh, not to say that Brenda Tracy changed her mind, but uh, something made her uh, cooperate with all of those documents with USA Today, and Mel certainly didn't expect that at the time. Things can change. That's why more than 40% of marriages end in divorce. Uh, so you, you just you can't tell. Uh, Mel should know that from his own relationship. And when you're in a position to lead a program like Michigan State, you've got what would have to be a dream job. Now, maybe some people would say, well, it's not as good as Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State. But I would think that in that position, uh, you know, where could Mel Tucker possibly have more and risk more? Yeah, and it just goes back to what we said, that, you know, if he could do it over, he most certainly would. But I also yeah. think it's important to let this process play out. Yes. Uh, there is there is an innocent until proven guilty. Uh, mm-hmm. We do not know all the facts of this. Um, right. There was there was a six month uh, time mm-hmm. frame between when the incident supposedly happened and when it was reported. Those are the facts. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can make of that what you will. Um, and I think that's why the university is being very careful in all of this. And that was sure. kind of the message yesterday to let all of this play out. The hearings, uh, all the parties involved make their arguments uh, and then let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. And I think that the legal department has some input in this and they are trying to protect the university. Now, maybe short term, it's going to take a tremendous PR hit for not dismissing Mel Tucker sooner, but, hey, as we see, you know, you can have uh, a case from something that happens January 6th uh, of 2021, and, you know, we're still dealing with it and will be for some time. Not to uh, compare the two, but when when you look at uh, the pace of some of these things, people want immediate justice or what they perceive to be justice. And, uh, you know, in this country, you're right, uh, there are two sides to most stories, and people have a presumption of innocence. And in this case, uh, I don't know that Alan Haller could have said, 
okay, I got wind of this, you're gone. Yeah, and again, we don't know what went on behind closed doors and how much of the story that we still don't know. Uh, Brenda Tracy told her story to USA Today. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm just speaking in generalities here. That That is just one side of the story. Um, so there's obviously a second side that needs to be heard. And in fairness to Mel, I don't think it's um, anybody should be assuming anything at this point uh, until all the facts uh, are brought to light. And if he, if he is yeah. indeed found, uh, you know, in the wrong, then obviously Michigan State has to act accordingly. And I understand the frustration, too, that, you know, the it was it the report was filed in December. Then the you know, litigation and the, the decision came about in July that she had wrapped up her investigation. We don't find out about it as the general public until it comes to light on USA Today, comes to light through USA Today. But I also think that, you know, because of the privacy of the investigation, I think uh, the school president and Alan Haller did not know how graphic the details were yeah, until yeah. they read the same article we did. Yeah. So I, I think it, it's a very difficult situation to just paint one stroke across this and say this is how it should be i think there's a lot of layers to this that we're still having to that we'll still have to kind of let play out uh before we can really come to a true conclusion but at the end of the day we can all agree that the players don't deserve this uh you know the school right, doesn't right. deserve this the alums don't deserve this those are those are things that we can say with certainty um yes. that yes. N- none of this is you know nobody this wasn't nobody their decision this. they were not yeah involved in this in any way but they are going to be directly impacted you know and you know it's bad enough you know you tell people you went to michigan state oh larry nasser school huh you know and now you got this to worry about i mean people have their opinions especially you know the school down the road that everybody has friends and family that are a part of and you know now you put the alums in a bad place they got to sit here and listen to this crap and it's uh, it's it's not right, but that's just the way of the world. And uh, hopefully, something good will come out of all of this. And um, you know, again, it's just disappointing. This has to come right before the biggest game of the season to date, and uh, just the timing of all of this from across the board uh, is just very, I think, both confusing uh, and and just disappointing. Ryan, there's a football game, believe it or not, uh, this Saturday. 5 p.m. odd start time against the Washington Huskies, number eight in the country. Michael Penix, Jr., already has 1,003 yards passing against Michigan State in his career. Could become the first player ever to throw for 1,500 yards against a Big Ten school. Um, But when you think about what is at stake for the Michigan State football program, this is the uh, reunion, the anniversary of the 2013 Rose Bowl championship team. So Mark D'Antonio was going to be back anyway. He's just going to be in a different spot. Uh, and Harlan Barnett has plenty to worry about with the secondary. And now he's going to be making uh, head coaching game day decisions. Uh, how do you expect what has happened in the last 48 hours to impact what happens this weekend? Well, I think it's obviously too soon to tell. What the hope is is that, you know, bringing Coach D'Antonio back um, and having, you know, Barnett, who's obviously very popular with the players and fellow coaches and the alums, 
that this can kind of be like a, a rallying cry and they can kind of uh-huh. galvanize each other and really kind of rise up to the occasion. It's going to be, you know, under the lights at Spartan Stadium. It's going to be a packed house. It's going to be a lot of emotions with the Rose Bowl team there, uh, a top 10 team coming to town. Uh, and I think, you know, I guess this is good that this didn't happen on Thursday of game week or Friday of game yeah. week. Um, the fact that this happened, uh, you know, basically a week before the game gives everybody time to kind of collect their thoughts and reset and focus on the task at hand. Um, and the hope is they come out and play well. I mean, I look at the score from last year. A part of me felt like they lost that game by 30 points. Uh, the way they yeah. played. And then you yeah. saw they only lost by 11. Uh, and yeah. they had a lot of things go wrong in that game. So you, you, you'd like to think that, you know, you clean up some of those mistakes. I like to play the defense. I really hope Winman, yeah. uh, Jacoby Winman is going to be okay and he can get out there uh, on Saturday. He's obviously such a big part of that defense. Sure. Uh, Darius Snow is putting out stuff that makes it seem like he's close to coming back, which would obviously be a big boon uh, to the defense. Uh, putting out stuff on social media, I mean. So, uh, yeah, I expect them to come out and play well. And, you know, the, the crowd, I think, is going to be really jacked up for this game because they know the team is kind of the innocent victims in all this. So I think they're going to be behind them and be extra loud, and I think it's going to be an awesome environment. And I hope that's enough to carry them to a big upset. Yeah, and you see what has happened uh, with Noah Kim. And uh, people went from thinking, oh, no, what are we going to do? Peyton Thorne's gone. Uh, and then you get Noah Kim in the first game, some overthrows. He's now the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week, and thus far this season, uh, 67.9% completions, including his last 15 throws, uh, five TDs, still no picks in his career. He leads the Big Ten in passing yards, tied for first in passing TDs with J.J. McCarthy, second in passing efficiency, and total offense, uh, I guess people would have to say that's been a successful transition. Yeah, and listen, Jack, you and I have spoken about this before. The coaches must have seen something in him to not just hand yeah. the job to Peyton Thorne, a that's guy right. who had been part of the program and who had been a starter uh, and had success, frankly, as a starter. So for them to not just hand him the job and make this an open competition, I mean, what I had seen of Noah Kim uh, in limited <laughs> reps, yeah. uh, spring games and type of stuff like that, I thought he threw a nice ball. The ball comes out of his hand really yes, nice. Yes. He's mobile. Uh, so you could see a lot of the things that the coaching staff sees in him. And, you know, he's had a couple shaky starts to this, to, you know, these first yeah. two games. I don't think he can afford a bad quarter against Washington if they expect to win. Um, but I, I, think he, yeah. I think he's shown enough uh, in the coach's faith in him has kind of in turn given the fan base faith that this guy can be the guy at least uh, for the rest of this season, and we'll see how it all shakes out after that. Ryan Field, WABC in New York, and uh, about as loyal a Spartan as, you, as you'll ever find. Ryan, I know how busy you are today. Two very quick things. Uh, your initial reaction on the Lions after the win in Kansas City is? I mean, I think, <laughs> like everyone else, I mean, you went in there feeling optimistic and hopeful. Uh, but the fact that they came out and won that game, frankly, in a game that they didn't play all that great, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball, uh, to come out and get that win against the world champs when they're you know dropping the Super Bowl banner, I think one of the biggest wins that I can remember, uh, most impressive wins, most surprising wins in my time as a Lions fan. And uh, this is an anniversary. Um not one that you really want to celebrate, but one that we should commemorate. 
22 years ago in New York City, not too far from where you are right now, of course, the World Trade Center bombings, we tend to say we'll never forget, and then we kind of forget. What's it like today in New York? Obviously very somber, Jack. They do the, the morning, uh, every morning on 9-11, they do the readings of all the names of the people who passed away, uh, you know, well over a 1,000. Uh, I believe it was 2,000-some who lost their lives that day. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's just a, always a very somber, uh, at least morning, but then everybody kind of feels a little patriotic and, you know, realizes what it, the importance it is living in this country and what it means to live in this country. And I think you hit yeah. the word, you, you nailed the word that it's a, it's a chance to commemorate and celebrate those lives that we lost on uh, what was the darkest day in American history. And I'm here right now at MetLife Stadium. We're waiting on Aaron Rodgers' arrival uh, coming into the locker room here as his Jets debut finally begins tonight under the bright lights of Monday Night Football on ABC and ESPN. And, uh, you know, they're going to have some special pregame ceremonies going on with all of that. So it's just going to be an emotionally charged crowd, emotionally charged atmosphere here tonight at MetLife. And I can promise you one thing. We will not see what we saw last night at MetLife Stadium happen in this game tonight. <laughs> that I am sure of. Yeah, if it's another uh, 40 to nothing game, then we've really got something. Be a long, long. <laughs> and it won't be a World Series in New York for people to yeah, uh, occupy boy, themselves we, either. The baseball season turned upside down a couple months, couple months ago, and uh, the hope is the football season doesn't do the same. But last night did not give people a lot of faith, I can tell you that much. Hey, Ryan, the total number of deaths for 9 11 now, these are four terrorist attacks. So this is not just all. Uh, in Manhattan, but 2,996. Yeah. So, uh, you know, those people, we remember what that was like. And uh, if closer you are to the scene, uh, the more it's impacted you. Ryan, have fun tonight. And uh, we will see you back here at some point this football season. I will try to get back for the Michigan game. And uh, let's go green on Saturday, Jack. Ryan Field. Uh, Rob, I want to thank all of our special guests today. And... Uh, Lots and lots to talk about, not just today, but all week, really. Uh, appreciate Lynn Henning joining us, now a Georgian. And uh, I don't think anyone knows more uh, about uh, Michigan State football history from the last 50 years. Uh, a guy that I can talk to about any detail of any game. And uh, he certainly has seen the highs and lows of this program. Uh, Bob Trippy, our director of research, number one numbers cruncher, captain database, and uh, doing things for the wire services still, doing things for the Associated Press, covered the game Saturday against Richmond. Uh, also want to thank Tim May for joining us from Letterman Row, covering Ohio State, and he knows Mel Tucker about as well as anyone in the media. We'll be back tomorrow, everyone. Have a great night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.